0: Welcome to the podcast! I'm John Brandian, professional comedian for more than 30 years.
1: And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our
0: family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it.
1: So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door.
0: We should, we should Why are start you laughing again, so I'm much? Not, well, we got the. Uh, hey, Carl! Welcome to the kitchen table, could comedian next door. Uh, if
1: you're listening, your name is Carl. Your name
0: is Carl, and uh, you are you are most welcome here at our table. Uh, my my mom is is here in the room with us. Uh,
1: Grandma Turbo. Grandma oh. Turbo was helping scan a bunch of old pictures at my house this mm-hmm. morning, and so she was. On her way out, but she was telling a really interesting story to mm-hmm. our other guest, who's with us via computer stream. Chris Schuful. Chris Schuful. So now we <laughs> we found an extra pair of headphones, and we just kind yeah, of yeah. Like,
0: see, this is how we roll on the podcast. We have a we have a rough idea of kind of well, basically we know we're going to podcast and everything else. The specifics are up in the air, and so uh, my mom. Uh, said something before we started the podcast and I thought that it was worthy of uh, being broadcast. And so I asked her to sit down at the microphone and make her request known to you, Carl. And so that's what that's what we're gonna do. Mom is going is gonna make her request known.
2: I thought I'd already done it. That's, right, that's and that's what I laughing
0: was laughing about because I said we weren't recording yet, and so we were talking about Mandy was still getting stuff set up. She had to go get her drink. And uh, I
1: said, after the music, we'll be ready to go, and she goes, you mean I haven't done it yet? <laughs> while, while the music was She's, playing, you couldn't hear her, but she was saying, yeah, I thought I was
0: she, finished. She thought she'd already done it all, and uh, so that's relieved. what made me laugh because she, she, seemed, she seemed a little bit indignant that we hadn't recorded it. And uh, now she has to repeat herself, but you're a mom, you're used to repeating yourself. That's right. All right, so go ahead.
2: And I am blessed with twelve grandchildren, and now I have eleven, I think, counting the one in the oven coming on, mm-hmm. great grandchildren. Oh, and I have a whole new generation when the kids, my the boys, because we got lots of boys, when the, my grandsons were small, I said to them, "You're never too young. You're never too old to hug your grandma." And they all hugged me, and then they dubbed me Grandma Turbo, which gave me an identity. So I need to start this identity with my Rossville grandchildren, who don't know all their friends are getting to know me. And the other night, one of the little boys at the concession stand said
0: because the Rossville grandchildren uh play baseball
2: yeah they're younger and volleyball and volleyball and basketball right
0: so you're at their various sporting events right right and so you're at the baseball game
2: right and their kids their friends my grandchildren's kids friends are getting to know me and they don't know what to call me so I had this little boy at the popcorn stand say to me what can I get for you Brogan's grandma he knows me as Brogan's (laughs) grandma so I need to get these kids because for many years they're gonna have to call me something I want them to start calling me grandma turbo because I kind of like it
0: okay there you go that's what that's our request to you Carl you have you have permission uh not just permission
2: a request
1: a
0: request encouragement yeah to refer to uh, my mother as Grandma Turbo.
1: And tell your kids.
0: And so, yeah, <laughs> tell your kids, pass it on far and wide, your neighbors, uh, henceforth. And from now on, we're trying to make Grandma Turbo a thing.
1: Okay, it's been recorded now. All right. Now it's been recorded. <laughs> so
2: I am going to leave you.
0: You've, you have accomplished your mission.
2: And I hope the word gets out. That I am now Grandma Turbo because there's lots of kids in Rossville that I are going to get to know me in the next few years.
0: Oh, it will. It'll get. It'll. It'll get out. We may. Uh,
2: Does anybody in Rossville listen to this? Probably.
0: I don't know. Do you listen to it?
2: Sometimes. Well, you're in there Rossville. You
1: Okay. I'm actually going to step away too and see grandma off. And then I've got kids. You're going to talk to Chris okay. for a little bit, I'll be okay. right back. This is real organic stuff. This yeah. is what it's like at one o'clock on a, a normal afternoon in my house. Oh, so but I will be. Too. Bye mom. Listening. Bye. Yep. Bye grandma turbo. Bye. Love you guys. Thanks.
0: All right. Hey, Chris, it was nice of you. <laughs> it was nice of you to stick around for all of that. <laughs> oh man. I'm honored. I'm honored to, uh, I don't know if I can fill the, those shoes though. That was, uh, that was intense. Well, that's the thing. You don't have to fill those shoes because my mother is capable of filling the grandma turbo <laughs> shoes and you can just, get like t-shirts and stuff. It could just be you. Um, so it's been a while since you have been on the podcast and yeah. Chris is a, well, uh, remind everybody what you, uh, what you do.
3: So I, I was a teacher for uh, a little over 10 years. Um, and then I started a bullying prevention program called Chris in the Classroom. And after two years of doing that part time while teaching, I went full time just because the the methods and things that we teach are very uh, a lot of times contrary to what schools are teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: they actually work. <laughs> <laughs> And that causes um, a lot of consternation and anxiety <laughs> for people.
3: Sometimes who, it does. Yeah. But uh, but no, I, we, we focus on uh, building resilient kids. And especially here over the last two years, we've um, kind of turned our focus not away from uh, bullying, but more towards the whole social-emotional learning um, and, and helping kids just learn how to deal with life and – mean people and uh essentially how to to get them out of that victim
0: mindset that they uh are often being taught these days. Right. So you understand Carl now why Chris is on this podcast.
3: <laughs> oh, and Carl,
0: holy cow. Yeah. It's an honor to be speaking to Carl. Oh my gosh. It's always Carl. This is what we do everything for Carl. I know. This is Sometimes why, I am Carl. This is why you uh this is this is why you tune into this podcast, uh, Carl is for stuff like what Chris Schuful is going to say and what he's all about. He is he is. We are a kindred spirit. You and I have we've known each other for a few years. Um, yeah, but the uh, I, I became aware of Chris through a guy named Brooks Gibbs, uh, and I I was a fan of what Brooks was saying and I found out that Chris is basically the on the same page like a like a clone like a carbon copy. Um, Brooks is actually uh, Brooks
3: is one of my best friends now and he's been a mentor for me and um, taught me I'll say probably 98% of what I know.
2: mm -hmm.
0: So well what I, I I am completely enamored with the idea of Rather than trying to yell at bullies or or scold them into not being bullies, I'm I'm on board with the idea of making kids, as you said, resilient. Of making our making our kids bully proof, and because you, you're not going to change bullies, and a bully is only going to change if they want to change themselves. But uh, you can you can learn some tactics to make yourself bully proof, and uh, that's what. That's what Chris does. He teaches people, teaches kids how to, how to not be so weak, how to not get your feelings hurt. And I know you don't say it that way, but uh,
3: no, no. I just get on the mic and, uh, like, when I speak at schools, I just get on the mic and I just say, uh, "Hi, my name's Chris Shuffle Suck it up, Buttercup," and then I just leave. <laughs> I drop, I drop the mic and leave.
0: That's, um, uh-huh. and he is very in demand. There, the phone yeah. doesn't stop ringing. It, uh, it, especially, I don't
3: know what's happened over the last week or so, but this last week has been, uh, God's been good. I'll just put it that way.
0: Has it been, have you, are you back out on the road doing stuff?
3: Yeah. Um, I'd say this fall has been the busiest fall I've, I think I've ever had. That's great. Um, especially coming out of, of all the Rona nonsense and schools being shut down last year and all that kids just need, um, they need a little extra dose of resilience. They need to suck it up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, and you know, and I I do a lot of comedy in, uh, in what I talk about. So a a lot of schools bring me in of like, you know, Hey, like our kids need a laugh and they need to learn about resilience. So
0: here you go. So Chris Schufel's all right, so Chris contacted me uh, a while ago. It's been four or five years now. Yeah, no, I'm talking about for you. You had a story that you're going to pass on. Oh, yeah, that was a would, couple of weeks ago. Specifically, yeah. I, think I thought you meant from when we first met. It was longer than a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you're going to have a hard time believing this, Peach. But some, I'm
1: back, Carl. I had to put my kid to bed.
0: You're going to have a, a super hard time believing this, but sometimes Chris will send me a a text. And I don't get back to him.
1: <gasps> <laughs> no way.
0: Yeah. Sometimes that happens. And
1: has he ever tried to call and gotten your voicemail? Uh, <laughs>
0: With the greatest voicemail greeting ever, by the way. <laughs> so there's the answer to
3: that question. He gets question.
1: compliments on He that. has
0: called me and all he has gotten my voice voicemail. Um,
1: yeah. It's the Verizon. It's the standard Verizon <laughs> robot that asks you to say your name. And then it says, it is not available. Right. and so you you have stated your name as mr, mr. available, available. Yeah. so it says mr available is <laughs> not, not available. available yeah
0: and it kills me every time and i know it's coming every time i every time i think about changing it because i've had that forever i've had that you can't you can't change it forever. unless you come up with something better
1: i don't even listen to it anymore as I soon know. as it as soon as it clicks over Jeez. remember you're trying to reach or whatever yeah, yeah. blah blah yeah well, I don't I just hang up. every
0: time I get ready to change it, somebody says, That is the greatest outgoing mail message I've ever heard, and then I I just leave it. So
1: So anyway Anyway,
0: Chris contacted me via text and said, Hey, I got a story to tell. And it was probably eight or nine months before I got back to him and said, <laughs> That'd be great. Why don't you come on the podcast? And so he said, Okay. And
1: I know nothing about this, but
0: miraculously, the way. I don't know. I don't know what the story's about either. But Chris is always welcome. If Chris has a story to tell, by golly, we want to hear it. I appreciate and, that, and I haven't heard it prior to this because I wanted it to be fresh and new for all of us.
1: Oh, I thought you had heard it. No,
0: I have no idea what he's going to say.
1: Okay, well then, yeah, it's going to be fresh and new for all of us.
0: But uh, um, so that's why that's specifically why Chris is here. Not that he needs a reason to come on. But this is the reason that he's on, and uh, I'm just grateful to be here. Yeah. Well, he's. This is the first time he's been on while since we joined the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. So right. So he's talking to a uh,
1: a slightly new a group, slightly a mixed new group, group. Of
0: people, a mixed group of people.
1: Kind of like if he were to go to a school and talk to incoming sixth graders as well as some seventh and eighth graders who have already heard him speak. You mm-hmm. know. In case he needs like an analogy to help him feel more comfortable with the yeah. situation,
0: I don't <laughs> I don't know. Okay, all right. So, Chris, you have the uh, you have the floor, my friend. All right.
3: So it's it's so funny that you uh, that you worded it that way that it's a a mixed group because so uh, I, I speak all over the country, and every now and then, you know, a school that's actually close to me will say, "Hey." Why don't you hop on down the road and come visit us? So um, so what had happened was I was uh, I was speaking at a local school, probably 10, 15 minutes away from where I live, and I thought it was a great day. The principal was raving about everything. The kids were high fiving me, giving me hugs. Everything was great. Um, I thought it was a great day
0: before or was this your first time at the school? I had not been to the
3: school, but I've done a lot of work with the district in other schools. Okay. Um, So, and actually that's how the principal heard about me was, you know, Hey, we've heard you've done great things at these handful of other schools. Let's bring you here. I said, okay, great. Um, Right after I leave, I was there all day. I did, you know, student assemblies I did student leadership breakouts. You know, it it was such a great day. Uh, Later that day, I get a private Facebook message. Somebody. I, And it said, hi, Kirk at, uh, and you came to speak today. Thank you for taking time to speak with our students. I am wondering if I can offer a few thoughts on your talk. Uh-oh. And that just kind of, yeah, <laughs> I, I've gotten that message before and it's never been positive. A few, so, a few thoughts on your talk. Yeah. Okay. So let me, before I get to the, I, so I replied back. I said, sure, friend, what's on your mind? And <laughs> before, because that's how I address everybody. Everybody's
0: friend to me
1: okay.
3: until
0: they tell me they're not my friend. Now, <laughs> you kind of dropped out when you were given that. So this is a person that you knew or this is a person that you don't know? I don't know this person. Okay. It was
3: a completely brand new, you know, you know, do you want to accept this person? facebook message you know brand new okay okay um so now before i get into what she said i i start my talk when i when i do you know assemblies and when i do talks i always start with probably about five to seven minutes of just jokes and comedy you know bring the audience in warm them up and since i talk about bullying and resilience and things like that i talk about stuff that i went through as a kid in middle school right and so everything is kind of like, okay, this is what they used to make fun of me about. And, you know, and I, I add in some comedy and some analogies and things. I make fun of Taylor Swift. I make fun of the Kardashians and because right. it's so easy to do. Right. And, well, and um,
0: By the way, sidebar, Carl, uh, my, my first 15 minutes of comedy was all about making fun of myself in junior high and high school. That was my, my opening... The f- the first time I ever did comedy, my first open mic was material about what a doofus I was and how everybody picked on me in junior high school. So, yep, I remember it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll tell you what: in front of a middle school audience,
3: it kills. Yep, because because it they relate to it, which is you know part of what comedy's supposed to be. Yep. So I open up with that. Um, And then I also make a joke about, you know, when I start to get into the meat of my talk, I'm like, I'm going to teach you how to deal with any mean person you ever come across. Doesn't matter if it's mean person here at school, that annoying brother and sister at home, or even that Karen at Target that always wants to talk to a manager, you know, just laying the groundwork for what we're going to talk about. And they love it. Like the kids always go crazy. They're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So. (laughs) So back to the Facebook message. (laughs) I noticed at the beginning of your presentation, you tell a few jokes, and I appreciate engaging with humor. I felt that the jokes were one-sided, meaning poking fun at only females. Let's be honest. All celebrities get plastic surgery, not just the Kardashians, but good on them for owning up to it. Because <laughs> because the joke I make about the... I also felt that the joke about Taylor Swift and her dating life is sexist. Uh That joke got a lot of heat in the media earlier this year. Okay, so here's the joke. I say uh, right at the beginning, um, when I was in school, like when I was in middle school, I had more problems than Taylor Swift has had boyfriends. And then that gets a good laugh, especially middle school crowd. And I'm like, no, seriously, I had more issues then the Kardashians have had plastic surgery. And then that just, that erupts in laughter. And apparently that's sexist. Yeah. Yeah. And insensitive to the Kardashians. (laughs) Yes. Um, I know you have the best intentions going into schools and talking about how to handle (laughs) bullying. I just thought it was a bit conflicting because it felt like you made fun of Taylor Swift, the Kardashian sisters, and Karens. Uh-huh. Karen's. Uh huh, Karen. Karen's because I say I'm going to teach you how to deal with all kinds of mean people
0: right, at school. Including the Karen siblings. who asked for the manager, and right. so she feels compelled to defend people well, named Karen because is all that... of
1: his, all of his examples were women.
0: Oh, okay.
1: All the dad doesn't even understand. You got to well, think like a Karen, Dad. Think right. like right. a Karen.
3: But the thing is, that's three or four jokes out of a whole seven minute routine that is completely like i use those analogies to talk about how rough it was for me and, and then i go male. on right. Right. then i go on to make fun of myself you know my physical <laughs> appearance my clothes and everything being a
1: girl or a woman is no different either like the fa- the fact is the vast majority of the people in your life who are going to be bullying you that way are going to be female because if a if a man or a boy bullies you he's probably going to use his hands he's going to get physical and then the school's going to deal with it but when it's a woman talking to the manager that's not technically against the law it's not technically something she's going to get punished for so yeah those are the ones you have to learn how to just deal with and be resilient with because you don't have another recourse you can't have karen hauled off to jail and it's not against the law for you know the kardashians or anyone to have a bunch of boyfriends or taylor swift and so, yeah, like the reason that you have to be emotionally resilient a lot of the time when it comes to dealing with female bullies is because the female bullies are not going to be punished for their bullying.
0: <laughs> she could not have been done there. That can't be the end.
3: of that Oh, no, letter. I
1: saw his screenshot. It's even longer.
0: <laughs> no, that was that was the
3: end of the message. She just she oh, thought, really? um, hang on, let me pull it back up just to make sure I covered it all.
1: It looks like a lot of words.
0: It's yeah, it was a lot of words. So she wanted to to call you out for being one-sided. One-sided and sexist. I know
3: sexist. I know your talk wasn't about how not to be a bully, but it still felt contradictory. Something to consider. Right. So then that was that was probably 2 hours after I left the school. I'm at home, I'm with my kids, you know, I'm I'm being dead. You're feeling and good that,
0: about everything. Oh a yeah. Great day. And I, it was
3: a great day. <laughs> yep. So then the next day I had the day off. I wasn't traveling. I took my kids to the park. I get a call from that principal who uh, before I left the school was singing my praises. Oh my gosh, we can't wait to have you. Like, I want to have you back in the, uh, in the winter, you know, like January, February. Like he was already talking about bringing me back later this school year to, you know, get a little bit more nitty gritty with some of those student right. groups. And yeah, I'm like, schedule
1: Hey, again, yeah,
3: yeah. Awesome. Um, so then he calls me the following day and he said, Hey, um, I've never had to have this conversation with a speaker or an assembly program that we've brought in, Mm -hmm. but I've had probably three or four teachers complain to me about some things you said yesterday. And I said, Oh, what's that? And he said the exact same things. He's like, you know, you made fun of Taylor Swift. You made fun of the Kardashians. You made fun of like people just felt that you were really sexist. I'm like, look, you're taking three jokes out of my entire 45 minute talk. And that's what they're focusing on. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I he's like, I completely agree with you. He's like, but I don't know how
0: I have you back. <laughs> I completely in the agree winter. with you, but I do not have the spine to stand with you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially because my whole talk
3: is about being resilient and right. how to handle, you know, the mean words and the mean <laughs> jokes and the mean behavior. And I'm he like, obviously,
0: it, wasn't paying attention
3: when you were talking. Neither were the teachers, apparently, because right. they're the ones that needed the most. Because I wasn't even making fun of them. No. I was making fun of. Taylor Swift and the Kardashians. And it's like one joke yeah. and right. Boom. So there was, and he, Oh, and he dropped this bomb on me too. He was like, you know, uh, he was like, and there was a, a part in your talk where you, you talk about slavery. And I said, yes. And he was like, um, there were some people that were kind of offended by that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did you hear the whole context or did you just hear the word slave? slavery <laughs> and uh he I'm gonna was guess,
1: like i'm gonna guess contextually you're warning kids not to be slaves to their emotions
0: um
3: or no to the approval but that's not others, that's not
1: bad something like that
0: that's not bad he's gonna take that i'll tell
1: <laughs> you so if he ever it. gets on stage again <laughs> i right. would recommend it there are a great many number of americans who are absolutely in chains to you know being liked and being approved and being you know encouraged by others and, and yeah they not cannot, upsetting karen they cannot um stand on their own you know values because it's all dependent on what their master their feelings say mm. so for yeah. sure it's
0: all men by the way too not women
1: uh no what? Are
3: anyway, you go ahead? Are you <laughs> saying sorry. there's only two? Never mind. We're not going there. <laughs> no. Um, so actually, no. What I talk about is um, I give I pref I, pref- I uh, preface it and I say, okay, I'm going to give you all a history lesson, and I talk about the phrase "sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me," mm-hmm. and every time I say that, like all the kids are like, "Yeah, we've heard that," and uh, I'm like, "Did you know?" that that phrase was actually invented by the African-American slaves in the mid-1800s. Oh,
1: I didn't know that, very cool. Yeah,
3: because the slaves knew that Lincoln was about to free them, but they also knew that as they went out to the real world, there was just going to be some jerks, some mean people. They weren't stupid, they weren't naive, they understood this world is not going to be easygoing. So they invented this that phrase because they knew, okay, if somebody hits me with a stick or a stone, that's going to hurt. I can't help that. But they understand a psychological fact that words only have the power that the listener gives them. And apparently like and that's pretty much exactly how I worded. That is what
0: offended people because
3: (laughs) because I
1: said
0: slaves slaves. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So oh, and his stars were so weak. We are. I know so.
3: And I'm. Pathetic. I'm. I'm like. I'm telling you, this is the answer, and this is why, and this is. This is where it originated. But because I said slaves,
0: somebody got all bent out of shape. Not just somebody, Chris. Somebody who is an educator. Somebody mm. who is teaching children. Somebody who is in the classroom with children. Uh, that's who got offended. Yes. Yeah. Oh, three or four, because three or four teachers, he told me three or four
3: went to him. Correct. And and he was just like, without right. st- all the staff buy-in with your program, he's like, I don't know how I have you back in in February. I'm like, you know what? God bless you. Your staff is the one that needs the resilience training. I'd be willing to do it, but... Yeah. but you have don't me. have the stones have me to back. bring me in
1: have me back but instead of a school assembly have it just be a staff meeting and so, we can yep. talk about this exact situation so yep. my
0: guess is that the person that contacted you was a teacher um she's what you call a para educator so she's not a full-blown teacher she's,
3: she's still like getting a
1: licensed
0: but she is yeah. yeah but she was the one who contacted you and that's the reason that there were Two or three or four or however many others, because she talked to them. So
1: did you interact she, with she her She rallied at all? a mob. You didn't respond to her message. I didn't because
3: okay. I am a C. I am a C H. Yeah. I am a C H R I S C. I no. Um, I. It's one of those things where I know where I know where culture is. I've dealt with plenty of people like this before, and it's just like you know, I could have said, you know, hey, thanks for the feedback. I'll take it into consideration, whatever. But it's like, I don't.
1: Well, that probably would have resulted in the same thing, too. The reason I'm even asking is because the fact that she didn't feel like she had had an impact or didn't feel like she had gotten through to you is probably a reason why she went ahead, went ahead and went to the manager Man, or the principal.
0: I'm I'm guessing that yeah. if you got that, you got that call from the uh, principal the next day that she she sent you an email and it and the wheels were already in motion Well, what i'm telling she didn't wait around to see if he was going to respond no, what i'm
1: saying is she did probably wait a few hours like it depends on what you mean by wait around if you're a man you would send the email and you'd feel better and then right. you might wait a few days and go oh i if never heard back if you're a man you'd guy. punch
0: chris in the mouth and feel better and that'd be the end of it <laughs> what,
1: I'm, what i'm saying is i guarantee you that she was like Talking to the teachers already, the other teachers already. They were there were just whispers of discontentment to start with. Then they decided as a group that one of them would go as a liaison to talk to Chris, and they did not immediately hear back from him. You know, within three, he did not grovel
0: and apologize. And so
1: then it was, well, what do we do now? And it's step two, you know, phase two of this operation. We need to talk to the Mm -hmm. principal about this. Not. Well, we don't want to destroy him. We don't want to destroy Chris. No, because we're good people. We just want to make sure that the students... We know he has good
0: intentions.
1: We want to make sure the students are being taught safe and, and, you know, accurate and healthy things and not things that are going to harm them. Right. And so, you know, yeah.
0: Like the Kardashians have plastic surgery and... Uh, and Taylor Swift sings about having a lot of boyfriends.
1: Well, you know, if all of your examples are women, they're, they're girls and women, then, yeah, right. maybe you've got some unconscious bias going maybe on over Maybe you need there. to
0: find... Can you, can you imagine...
1: Maybe what you need Can is, you
0: imagine a male having a career singing about all of the women... That he has had. Yeah, they're rappers.
1: Life. They're called rappers.
0: Yeah, they, they are. Yeah.
3: But what I'm saying
1: rappers. is... <laughs> what I'm saying is... Why don't they get in trouble? What you need when you've got a speech as misogynistic as Chris's is, what you need uh-huh. is four or five women to do exactly what Chris said emotionally unresilient people do what what you need is for them to go probably the part of the Karen and, and go to the principal because that's going to have a healthy positive effect on the school and yes. the student body that's uh, what you need
0: having chris come in uh and having chris never come in again and speak to the children is what's best for those children right. Locking him, them away no, no, no. with the influence of these uh, emotionally. No,
1: no, no. What's best for the students is to have Chris come back and retract what he said <laughs> and
0: uh.
3: say
1: to the students that he was wrong for only talking about Taylor. He needs to mention the rappers who have serial girlfriends and he needs to bring them up specifically to prove that he's not a sexist. And when they still don't like him, was, they will
0: come up with another I thing. I was just about to say, yeah. that's actually not a bad idea, but do you think it will work?
1: No. They, if he, they if don't he has, even know it won't work, though.
0: If he has both male and female people that he's making fun of, my guess would be then it would be inappropriate to make fun of anybody.
1: anybody. Right. Well, my, but to be, I guess, fair, they genuinely don't realize that what they're saying the problem is, isn't the problem like when a person oh. goes and dis- and complains to the principal or the manager or tries to get a person canceled they genuinely don't even realize that what they think is upsetting them, isn't upsetting them, which is why the rest of Chris's speech went right over their heads. Right. Because if they had been listening, they would they have gone... they were so busy
0: being upset that oh, they weren't paying any attention.
2: I
1: resemble that remark. Like yeah. if they had been <laughs> listening, they would have understood, oh, I've been doing things a little bit backward probably my entire life. But because um, because they don't know the diagnosis for their own problem, they have never recognized the root cause of their own um, irritation or offense they just, it went in one ear and out the other, except for the word slavery. <laughs> that was the right. only thing that stuck. Is this
0: the first time you've been canceled? Uh, yes.
3: Oh. And
1: here's
0: the thing.
3: I've been I've been giving the exact same talk mm-hmm. with the exact same jokes, like we're pretty much word for word, for about three or four years now.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm talking- Hundreds you know, of times. Hundreds of times, hundreds of schools, hundreds of thousands of kids, uh, and yeah, this is the first time that
0: you know that anybody's it, ever said anything. that it has been pointed out to you how toxic and unacceptable
1: well, what can, you're saying. Congratulations! Is. I almost feel like a toast is in order. I, feel I know, right? Like it's I should. A wait, do I, I get feel a trophy or that you
0: shared your first one with us here? <laughs> yeah, that, that was that you made us a part of it. That do I so do exciting. I get a
3: trophy or or be, or do I not get a trophy? I'm not sure how that works anymore. Not
0: getting a trophy is the trophy
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Either way, you're going to be able to handle it. We know yeah. that you're equipped. Yeah ah. no, that's really exciting. I mean i genuinely like because well, it's, it's a exciting mark of- but
0: it's also a little scary. I mean how yes. are you how are you feeling about that? How did you feel when you got the, the, the phone call from the principal? I mean, you had to have some emotions connected to that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've had, like I said, I've gotten a message or two, an email or two from a teacher uh-huh. before, just like, hey, I heard your presentation. You know, I found this to be, I saw, you know, found this to be awkward. Okay, fine, whatever. You're not the decision maker. You're one teacher. Right. You're allowed to have an opinion. Okay, great. Uh, after I got off the phone with the principal, I just kind of sat back and I was like, did that just really happen? Yeah. Like, and I tried to tell him, I'm like, you know, you caught the context of everything. Right. And he was like, yeah, I did. And yeah. he was like, I didn't feel anything wrong with it, but you know, so-and-so did. And so-and-so did. So, right. you know, I just got, and I kind of said the same thing as you, John. I was like, um, so what you're saying is you're letting the inmates run the prison. Yes. Yeah. And did he respond yeah. to that? Uh, I didn't say that to him, uh, yeah. uh, but that was just what I was thinking. Yep. Uh, Cause I wasn't going to argue with him. It's like, you know, They've made up their mind, and I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I'm not going to force anything. Well, Nothing they've was made finished. up his mind.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah,
3: they made up his mind.
1: Yeah. Um, See, I answered so. the the calls for John Branding comedy. So anytime this is a similar situation has happened with us, I've been the one who's fielding that you know conversation. Um, oh, he's going to leave. <laughs> he drank too much coffee before we started. <laughs> and now he's going to rush off. Well, anyway... I was saying I, I remember the first time or at least one of the first times that it happened, and specifically a time that it really affected me worse than any of the others. I'm not even really sure exactly why it bothered me so much. But, I mean, I have some theories. But we were scheduled, dad was scheduled, to go and do a pro-life event on a college campus. It was a Catholic-sponsored organization um, or a Catholic-sponsored festival it was a huge thing, and he had done it before. This was actually going to be the second time that he went to do this um, show, very similar to what you were already discussing with this principal. And um, so it was a done deal, and they had actually paid full price already. Um, we were a week or two from the event. I mean, it was really close, right around the corner. And Dad wrote a blog post about LGBT issues. Some I don't even remember which topic it was underneath that big umbrella but he said something about I think it was when he wrote about um, a church pastor who had been in the church for 15 years and then decided he was going to come out as gay and was like (laughs) lecturing the church on his way out I mean he was really angry that church people had not loved him the whole time that he was taking money from them and being their pastor so Um, So anyway, he had, dad wrote about that on a blog post and it upset some people and it got shared in some militant activist groups on social media. And so then the the whole troll brigade began marching, you know, and so somebody, we don't even really know which individual started calling the college where the pro-life event was being held and then eventually got a hold of the church that, that our contract was with. Um, the parish, Catholic parish. And the guy called me, the, our contact, who I had had multiple, many multiple conversations with. Dad's back. Um, and he said, you know, we, we really like John. We are pro-life. We are pro-marriage. We believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. And so, you know, we are not down with the whole and, uh, LGBT agenda. So we agree with everything that he put in his blog post. But we just don't agree with the way that it was said. We don't agree with the tone of the blog post and it's upset some people and we just think that it wouldn't be a good idea under the circumstances to have him come out. And I, from my perspective, I'm listening to that on the phone and all of these conflicting thoughts and emotions, they start like overwhelming me. And I'm the kind of person who, you know, Carl, our listener, hears me be really kind of passionate and and outraged often, but I'm the kind of person when I get really upset, I get really angry. I break down and cry. Like if if I don't know what else to do, if I'm like at a, are you kidding me moment? (laughs) If I'm at that level where I'm like, this is a man professing to be a brother in Christ. And he says he agrees with every single thing in that blog post and he's still willing to cancel over this. Are you kidding me? I remember just holding the phone. I could feel it shaking up against my ear, and I had no words. Like, the tears are welling up in my eyes. My mouth starts to feel dry, and I was just like, okay, if that's your decision. And I just (laughs) hung up. Like, that was all I could handle because Mm -hmm. I was so mad and disappointed, and I had so many things I could have said that, like, the only thing I could manage was just, all right, then.
0: I am, I am uh, so glad that you told that story. Yeah, um, because it is it, it is uh, proof positive that what's going on. Just we'll just talk about public school, but this, this is going on in the culture everywhere. But we'll just talk about school. What's going on in the culture is you have a few people who. The majority doesn't even agree with them, right? And the people in power don't even necessarily agree with them, right? But these people are manipulating and controlling the the entire system.
1: The event, the and entire so event. Yeah, we've had
0: we've had multiple conversations about how there are good teachers in public school. There are there are good uh, Christian, moral, reasonable, intelligent teachers in the public school. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Even if they're the majority of the teachers in the public school, it does not matter. Because all it takes is three insane, godless people to go to the principal and say, We don't like what Chris said, and it's over. And that's the situation, that's the reality. So it doesn't matter. We can entertain all of these warm feelings about, oh, there's Christian influence in the public school. There are good Christian teachers in the public school. Chris Schufel is a good Christian guy (laughs) who had a platform to talk to those children. doesn't matter. The system is corrupt. The system is broken. And at the, well, at the root of it is godlessness. But just a layer above that is the spineless. Cowards in administration who yeah. buckle to the uh, outrageous demands right. of these these teachers who don't even speak for the majority. Well they don't even speak for leadership themselves. Right.
1: And I think if if I may display a rare bit of optimism or hopefulness here, I you actually may not think that the tide is shifting. We're definitely at a crossroads right here. And I think people are enough people are now aware of the term cancel culture. You know, we've we've pushed that into the mainstream enough that people are starting to take notice of that phenomenon. And enough good people with great messages have been canceled that people are starting to go, Hey, this is you know, the the decent people are like, wait a minute, why are we letting these tiny minority of you know, outraged people control the whole event. And so I think that there might be a little bit more shame attached to being the guy making the call to cancel the speaker that 99.9% of people enjoyed. I think there's a little bit of a hesitation now that we're doing podcasts like this. We've been writing blog posts about it. We've got lots of people, visible people, talking about this phenomenon now that I'm hoping there's at least a little bit of a pause That may become you know the change we're hoping for Um, when a person's like i'm gonna call chris you know or i'm gonna call john brandon's comedy and let him know we can't have him back because years ago you know five years ago i welled up with tears and was like i don't even know how to respond to you right now i'm so mad but now i do have a response now i'm comfortable saying you know that's the cowardly move right i'm i will talk to you know the the event coordinator the way that I would talk to the teachers themselves if they were to to contact us which is okay well if you don't if you agree with what i'm saying then it's absolutely ridiculous for you to not have me back you are letting you're letting the tail wag the dog you know you're letting the prisoners and the inmates control the prison all of that i'm i'm comfortable now and i have the words to say that now because it's been discussed so often in the in you're like not this. even close
0: to tears right now are you no
1: i i am very <laughs> confident in what i believe and i know that there are others in our corner when it happens at, for the first time you feel kind of alone and you feel like um well he is
0: you, you are you are basically alone because all of the people who agree with you are ref, refuse to stand up and say so and so it doesn't do you any good to have allies who will stand passively by and watch right. you burn to cinders. Right. And that's the, the the reason that they get away with it. The reason that the principal is getting away with it is because we we will not call him out by name. We haven't mentioned his name. <laughs> that's- and we do I that. haven't even said where I live yet. No. And we do that as a courtesy. Yeah. to these people. We extend a courtesy to these people. It's like, well, we're not going to... Your, your decision is so awful and so uh, and so abominable that we are going to protect your identity, because if we mention who you are, it's not going to make you look good in front of the people who you identify as being of the same mind as those people. He, I mean, he's already distanced himself from those teachers. I disagree with their teachers. I disagree with their point of view. Yeah. I th- I'm on your side, Chris. And so he's trying to identify with people who who are us, yeah. But he's not on our side. He won't stand up and declare himself to be one of us, right?
1: But what I'm saying is, there are starting to be people who are standing up to um, to demand that their side actually be represented they're they're no longer content with just having somebody say well i agree with you but my actions say otherwise they're like no no if you agree with us then we're going to hold you accountable for your actions and so it's the tide i think is starting to turn a little bit and it was when matthew west was canceled for his song Mm. about um don't even get started on
0: matthew west that was
1: when i realized oh he's got millions of people who listen to him and they Mm -hmm. are down in the comments on youtube saying we support you now, he still took his song down, mm. but then when, they, when he took his song down and said, you know, I, I'm apologizing because I didn't realize that this could hurt people, mm. namely radical feminists who don't want me to talk about modesty. The truth always hurts. He took it down, and his adoring, loving fans said, nicely, but resolutely, you should have left it up. We're tired of people apologizing. This is ridiculous. We need to stand up to the bullying. We need to just do what we think is right and say what we think is true, regardless of whether somebody says mean things about us. Or in this case, maybe we didn't recognize it as a mean thing because what they were saying was, you hurt my feelings. But what they're doing is they're being controlling and manipulative, and that's what bullies do. Even if they're not saying, you're ugly, Matthew West, they were bullying him into taking his video down. So
0: I I wanna get your perspective on this, Chris. What would happen? And and I'm just asking for, I'm asking <laughs> for your perspective. You know what?
1: Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Well,
0: what <laughs> no, I want to know what you think if if say somebody was to uh, rise to your defense and and rally their own mob um, to write letters and make phone calls to mm-hmm. that principal. And I'm speaking hypothetically here. Yes. Yeah.
1: Imagine. Use your imagination. Imagine
0: if if there was such a if there was a a, a group a group say.
1: if it was run by a comedian the, but who has lots of experience may, being
0: no. You're now you're being too specific.
1: <laughs> if there was a group that existed for support, but what if there was occasion? a group that
0: basically went to battle for you the same way that those that those teachers do battle if they rallied a bunch of noisy outraged people uh, to basically wage war and to and write letters and to do phone calls i mean what would your what's your feelings about something like that you know i don't know see Um, i love asking that question i know people because they always go "Mm, i'm not sure the people on the other side have no there's no hesitancy yeah well that's what you should do it's right okay go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you
3: yeah right uh, I mean, I, I see it from both sides. Part of me is like, dude, yes, do it. You know, make him feel like the, to use your language, you know, the stoneless, you know, guy that he is yeah. absolutely. But then part of me also, you know, being a Christian and, you know, do it and, you know, just believing the way I believe part of me also wonders, okay, turn the other cheek. Like what, like, which side is, you know, what, when is it okay to rise up and fight back? And it's like, okay, yeah, this is just one school. It hasn't gone any further. The principal said he would take care of it and make sure it didn't go any further. I still had after that day, I still had, I don't know, three other schools that I worked with in the last couple of weeks in that district. So it is just staying for that school thankfully yeah you know it's just one school it you know you're not a prophet in your hometown whoop de doo amen um (laughs) you know my uh my schedule is still full um and you know focus on the people that love me which is 99.9999999% of schools Mm -hmm. so i i don't i don't know where i would stand on that i mean it if it would just be like okay you know, let's say that did happen and they came back and said, okay, Hey, we were wrong. Those teachers were completely out of line. Um, we want you, we do want you back, you know, next semester. Would I even take the gig? I don't know. I don't know. You would take the gig. (laughs) See my, my local fee is a lot less than my, (laughs) <laughs> my my distance. So it may fee. not be worth so, it to do
0: financially.
3: Um, I don't know, because even if I did, it'd be like, okay, I'd be... I feel like I'd be walking on eggshells. Right. Or would I just go and just, you know, tell the truth bombs that I tell, not change anything, and just right. be like, hey, this, this is what you get, you know? Um, obviously, without any malicious intent, but, you know... Yeah, well, w- you don't want
1: to give your sin nature its head. And there are verses about turning the other cheek and their verses right. about not acting in anger and their verses about loving your enemies and right. Christian people for better or worse. They want to be careful to make sure that they are listening to the correct voice, the still small voice and not the voice of revenge or. Well, um, I knew he would be thoughtful. That's or, why I
0: asked the question. Yes.
1: They're not nearly as quick to grab their pitchforks as say their unenlightened non Holy spirit indwelt counterparts right. who are always up for a fight and yeah. i that's why we love them even though well that's why I asked a question <laughs> wish too they would grab yeah. a pitchfork. because
0: I want to I want to <laughs> emphasize and I want to highlight the fact that we do not fight by the same rules right we don't we are not allowed to do the same thing that they're that they do yeah and it's, that's that's part of the reason that I wrote my article about uh let's go brandon because
1: uh,
0: I don't <laughs> you're think have to explain that a little bit. Well, later. but I don't think I don't think that Christians are given the same. Uh, we're not we're not afforded the same ability. We can't fight dirty, right? And but, what but if by Carl the same token, know
1: what let's go, Brandon. Means? But by
0: the same token, if you are speaking truth to those kids and you're doing a ministry to, for those kids that's benefiting them, then there's a part of you that has to defend that, you know. And yeah. it's, it's tricky to know
1: well, what the
0: proper response is. And there is a
1: there is a response that's necessary as part of church discipline. You know, if you have a conversation with a person on the phone and they admit that they think that you're right, but they're going to keep acting a different way, that's acting in uh, a different way than their conscience is supposed to be allowing them to act. And so this becomes an issue where brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, regardless of how the angry godless mob reacts to the situation. We have an internal body problem here among church people where we're not holding each other accountable anymore. I mean, church discipline is basically a thing of the past in most circles. Um, Nobody, you know, people go their separate ways in order to keep the peace. We want to err on the side of caution. We don't want to act in anger. We don't want to, you know, we do want to turn the other cheek, but because of just years of that being the default, Nobody picks any battles anymore. And so then um, then darkness takes over, and you know we're we're putting our light under a bushel, I guess, to use a different analogy. And so, yeah, when we have something that's an obvious wrong, something that obviously needs to be corrected and and where a brother or a sister should be held accountable, we would rather let it go to, you know, err on that side of caution than to confront it. And there are some consequences for that when it's happened over the course of 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, um, where people know that they can get away with things. Mm-hmm. They know that, th- that you know, it's way easier to side with the LGBT mob or the feminist mob or the, you know, BLM mob or whatever. It's way easier to side with them because, you know, you can throw the Christians under the bus. Nobody's going to come and and correct that behavior, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It is tricky. And I don't blame the Christians for having some pause and thought, you know, putting thought behind it.
0: No, I don't I don't either. I don't blame them. There's a uh there is a, a culture though. I was talking with Mark Gunger about this a couple of weeks ago. Love that dude. Um
1: Oh, are you a Mark Gunger fan, Chris?
0: It's it's
3: one of those I just recently found him. Yeah, because oh, wow. um there's a YouTube channel that I uh, think it's called like Crown TV or something like that. And uh, they post like a yeah. bunch of like John, they've posted a bunch of your old, That's you know,
1: they filmed it. Those right. are projects he did with Crown.
3: OK. Yeah, they distributed so, those DVDs. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like they, they got your stuff. They got a couple of Ken Kington. They got, you know, a bunch of stuff. And they actually just posted a couple of weeks ago, Mark Gunger's, um the thing where he talks about the men's brain, the women's brain. Uh, Laugh your way to a better, to a better marriage. marriage. Yep. yep. And so like my wife and I, we sat up in bed one night and we watched that one. Cause yeah. like once a week we'll watch, like we'll watch an old brand or watch an old Kington, whatever. Yeah. We just came across that one and we were laughing so he's hard. Super and funny. Like, yeah, like the good. other day, I just started following him on Facebook. Cause I'm like, this dude, it's
0: pretty legit. Yeah, he's really funny. Uh, and he's, he has uh, offended more than a few people in his no. career. Yeah, I'm not kidding, Chris, he has. And yeah. he and I were talking about uh, about cancel culture, from the standpoint of part of the reason that cancel culture has gotten the the foothold, toehold, what is it? <laughs> what is it that holds? Uh, part of the reason that it's gotten a uh, a position in the culture is because it, it's not necessarily individual. People being canceled, like you getting canceled at school, or Mark getting canceled at church, or me getting canceled at a whatever I got canceled at. But it's the it's the collective cancellations that people like you and I and Mark are going to go. Well, you know what? It's not that big a deal. At the end of the day, you know, I still got a full calendar, and it's just one school. And for the most part, everybody knows that this is but you take those collective instances of uh of people being canceled and going yeah or i'm not going to fight back because it's not worth it and it's going to hurt my witness and so on and that empowers people to do more canceling because i think that's what mandy was saying earlier right. they get away with it right and when when they get away with it when the when the principal gets away with canceling you and appeasing darkness and evil um it empowers other people to do that. And I'm not trying to scold you because I've done the same thing that you've done. I've said, well, it's just, I'm just going to let it go because it's not worth the fight. And I've even said, if they're not worthy, if if they're not willing to stand up and fight, well, I'm not going to stand up and fight. You know, why should I, why should I fight a battle that they're not willing to fight? And I believe that that's, that's true, but only to a point because if, if nobody is willing to stand up and fight any of the battles then that's where we find ourselves well, we have spoiled with this situation.
1: we have spoiled the pagans and what i mean is if we're the parents who know where we're going and know what we're doing and have a sense of direction and maturity about us because we've got the the light and the holy spirit um, we have been more permissive parents with when it comes to you know our decisions we make and with the world and all of my analogies go back to parenting, it seems like, but but yeah. She's
0: really a one-trick pony, have I have, I have seen it.
1: You know, over and over again, I've seen one parents note. do this in, like, mom groups, where they're like, well, I need to pick my battles. And while I understand that, that is, there is a principle of picking your battles that's a good one for us to consider, I've also seen that when they pick zero battles, their kids turn into these absolutely insufferable brats. And that's what we've got. We've got a group, you know, an entire culture, it seems like, of these immature kids who have never been fought with ever because their parents picked their battles, quote unquote, right. and never picked any of them. And so um, what what happens is parents are training each other to just quit and to not fight. And then they aren't parents at all. They're not leading. They're not showing the way. They're not being role models right. for the, the children um, who are Sculpting. getting their way all the time. You know, they're... These right. little selfish kids who never have to be they never get disciplined <laughs> ever.
0: I, I would have loved to uh, responded to that teacher on your behalf. Um, <laughs> love to. Oh, there was plenty of things I wanted to say, but
3: yeah. Yeah. It was and, and it's funny you say that, Mandy, because like um I was watching some school board meeting, you know, one of one of the school boards recently that made national news about you know CRT and yeah. uh, just all that kind of stuff. I was watching one of those meetings because they live streamed it, and one of the parents got up and and he made a really good point. And uh, he said, you know, you wanted to do this, so and we didn't say anything. You wanted to put in Common Core math, and we didn't say anything. Like we grumbled, but we didn't say anything. Yeah. You wanted to do this, you know. And he was pretty much saying like we gave you all these inches, yeah, and now we're at that mile marker, and it's kind of like. You know pick your battles okay we didn't pick this one but i think everybody has that like that final end point where it's like okay we realize you know they, they either they wake up they open their eyes or you know they didn't really care about some of the other stuff but it's like okay we gave you all this but now no you're gonna do this yeah okay no and i think everybody's got that that end point Yeah. They
1: drew but, a line. yeah
3: yeah, but I, I think in a lot of cases, that endpoint needs to be backed up a little bit more.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yep. well, so. and the thing that the leadership in schools, again, we're just talking about public school, but you could apply this everywhere. The thing that leadership is not prepared to do is receive any sort of criticism for taking a stand on anything, for, right. for any sort of, they're not willing to defend any of their principles.
1: Right, None Again, of them. Going back to parenting, I'm amazed how many first time moms don't know that kids cry. Like they don't know that toddlers hate when you tell them to do something. They think they as parents must be doing it wrong because my I told my so baby upset. I told my baby he or she needs to sleep in their own crib and now they're crying. Can anyone give me some tips on how to get my baby to sleep in its own bed without crying? Or I'm gonna take no. the pacifier away from it. But <laughs> can anybody give me gentle methods that don't result in the kid crying? And I'm like are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> they're not
1: kidding. Kids cry, babies cry, people who want you to change your speech so that they're happier cry when you don't do it. Like that's not you're not going to find a way to do it or a solution that doesn't involve you having to listen to a royal fit being thrown. So yeah. be Sorry. prepared. Yeah. Sorry,
0: you can't be a leader without dealing with some tantrums.
1: Yes. Yep. Lots of them. More than you think should be necessary. There even for veterans, there are moments where you go uh, do I really have to do this again? Like, yeah. shouldn't I be done with this by now?
3: <laughs> well, you see, and the thing is, like, just yeah. with the depth of, of research that we've done about all this stuff, and, you know, we take between Brooks and, and, and I and another guy, Jeff, we take all this heady psychological, sociological stuff and we boil it down for, you know, a kindergartner to right. be able to understand. Right. But in all that, there is actually, you know, there's actually, it's called the roots of irrational thought that causes people to take offense to whatever. So essentially, if you, if you take offense to something, then that means that there is a root to that thought. Yeah. And like, I'm at the point now where I can watch somebody, I can listen to somebody talk, and within 30 seconds, I can tell you what's going on in their brain. They might not realize it because it's so deep down. Yep. But, like, I can listen to them, and I could be like, yep, they have an unrealistic expectation about this, this, and this. Yep. And this cognitive distortion. And, like, I can... Do, I'm not a therapist. I was yeah. a music teacher. Right. Yep. Like I, I don't. I have a music degree. Come on. Or
1: they're projecting their own <laughs> right. feelings onto another person, or they are believing a lie. You know, they they're assuming things that aren't even yeah. true about what another person might be thinking. Yeah, like little yeah. habits like that that people so get many. themselves into.
0: The, yeah. the yeah. I- idea that I that my opinion is so important that I'm going to go to the principal of my school and complain about a speaker that they had come in it just just boggles my mind yeah, but i've that's never been, been that guy who's like i'm really mad about this i'm going to take it to the top yeah. and complain so that nobody else but has to.
1: that has been Gosh. reinforced their whole lives by their authority figures or who would They were supposed to be their authority figures. But instead of saying, this is a you problem, and here it's my job to help you learn how to process it, they've gone, this must be a me problem. I must be parenting incorrectly. So let me find a new way that I can approach this so that the kid doesn't cry. Whenever a kid cries, the parent, and I'm putting that in air quotes, the Mm -hmm. parent just assumes that the parent needs to fix something the parent is doing and not that they need to help change something the child is doing. It happens all the time.
0: And so these kids grow up thinking... I'm well, sad. I'm upset.
1: Someone it's somebody else's, else's fault. Yes, I'm upset, somebody else is the problem. All yep. Over and over and over again, this gets reinforced.
3: Either that or I'm sad, so somebody has to do something to make me not sad.
1: Right, right. Give me a bottle, give me a pacifier, give me a movie, give me goldfish. Somebody must
0: alter <laughs> their behavior so that I feel differently. Yes.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Get, rock me, you know, pat me change my diaper <laughs> yeah. Gosh. yeah. and
0: then some of those people grow up and become teachers some in the classroom them. yes and they are shaping young my helping them develop helping them mature yeah these these teachers are helping children mature like they are can you say mature though can you really use that word i was using it facetiously okay Facetious, wasn't he a Greek philosopher? Facetious. He's one of my favorite philosophers. <laughs> yeah. The patron saint.
1: Well, we are
0: the facetious.
1: We are over an hour. Is there? Are there any? Holy cow! Yeah.
0: I am so upset now. <laughs> sorry, John. Sorry, I am Carl. So triggered. But Carl, I'm sorry. That would Carl that would have diff. been my email back to this teacher. It's like, thank you for bringing this to my attention. Please let me know how you address this when you get asked to go and speak in front of school assemblies? I've
1: done that with you. I've yeah. said, Ask, you've gotten a criticism before. I've been like, are you saying that if you were a comedian, you would do a better job than he is? And they're always like, no, I don't think I'm better. And then what's our response? Then why are you talking to yep, me? Yep. As soon as they say, no, I don't think I'm better. Then it's like, well, okay. If you don't think that your ideas are better, I don't have to listen to them. Goodbye. <laughs> I,
0: have, I used that just yesterday. <laughs> when the guy was telling me, I asked, why do you think you're your moral stance is superior to mine. I didn't say it was superior. It's like, okay, good, right. we're done talking. So
1: you're not superior. Yeah. I won't listen anymore. Goodbye.
0: I just I just don't suffer them. And uh, I, and in all sincerity, congratulations on your first cancel. Um,
1: Thank you.
3: Please only took four years.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully it's not another four because we'd like to hear part two the next right. time. Yeah. Not to wish you ill, but because I genuinely do think it's toastable celebratory worthy you know occasion here's well, what i've
0: got plenty more gigs here over the next two months so we'll see what happens see what happens well <laughs> here's what here's what mark gunger said to me and i think he's right about this he goes it has I don't, to
1: be less than a minute he goes i don't get
0: canceled very often anymore because most people who call me already know how i am i'm, I'm a known quantity to yeah. them and so i just don't get gigs from people anymore i don't get calls from people who have got their underwear in a knot there you and, go. Uh, hopefully, that'll happen, you yep. know, with you at some point, where people are just like, yeah, we're not going to call that Chris. We're not going to call that Chris because he's so obnoxious and offensive that my uh, my teachers just wouldn't be able to hang with it. And uh, he forces resilience. How dare he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's teaching kids how to be mentally tough. We don't want that.
1: You can find John Brannion on MeWe, Gab, and YouTube. Also be part of the show by emailing your questions and comments to nextdoor at johnbrannion.com. We've loved having you at our table neighbor. See you next time and bring some friends with you.